The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! the third man podcast hey this welcome a, back this is a jack white slash third man records uh slash detroit music i think we're just kind of transitioning we into do lots uh, of things podcast and yeah where we talk about lots of things involving uh jack white third man records and detroit rock music in general and uh i'm your co-host james kaminsky i'm your co-host paul kaminsky and as james alluded to we talk to many people from in and around the Detroit rock world, and we have had the pleasure of chatting with many of the Dirt Bombs. We have chatted with one half of the Soledad Brothers. We have chatted with... Who else have we chatted with, James? Oh, we've chatted to one-third of the Gories. Yeah. The list keeps growing. We've talked to many, many people, but there are more to come. <laughs> and today, I think we found one. I think we've done we found did. one. <laughs> we found him in a van down by the down river. Down by the river, yes. Yeah, today is an exciting interview. We had the pleasure to talk for a long time with musician and multi-instrumentalist member of uh, the Terrible Twos Liquor Store and the Craig Brown Band. We have Craig Brown himself on the on the program, and he is extraordinary. We love his music. He was such a delight to have on the show. So uh, we we are very excited to present this to you guys. It, it's great. It was a great interview. I'm yeah. Very happy with it. What a wonderful experience talking with Craig. I got to know Craig Brown through the Third Man Records release of his album, The Lucky Ones Forget. Yes. By the Craig Brown Band, but obviously he had been in the mix for quite a while, James, as you mentioned. And I guess I wasn't super familiar until that Third Man release. I bought the forty five for overthinking when it went up i just i don't know something about the you know listening to the preview or whatever i don't know just kind of caught my caught my eye so yeah i really enjoy his music it was interesting to hear the extent to which he has been involved in the third man slash detroit scene or the third man adjacent sort of scene for years and years and yeah we just had a wonderful time talking to craig it was great it was a long one i think we keep setting records for long conversations we had the fine fellows from Copper Sound pedals on earlier in the season, and we thought that one was long, and then this one went super duper long. So, it's not that we're complaining, we is chock full of stories about insane 
it's just it's insanity yeah. i love it between uh touring with with dwight yokum and you know opening up at the cast store to shooting hitler yeah. i think we talk about a little bit yeah he goes and shoots hitler with jack white <laughs> now, that's a fun story that's a that's a blurb for this so james it was such a long talk you're gonna be up so late working on this one i think we should just get right into it what do you say yeah well let's hop in that van and get get on with this interview sounds good Uh, we'd like to welcome Craig Brown of the Craig Brown Band. He is a member of the Terrible Twos and a whole bunch of other bands. Craig, it's great to have you. <laughs> Hi, Craig. Hey, what's up? So quick question right off the bat, Craig. I got to know which came first, you, Craig Brown, or the Craig Brown Band? Uh, <laughs> it's our... F- that's the it's first... Our f- <laughs> guys. <laughs> that was a very dumb question. That was our first and only question. Which came first, Craig Brown or the Craig Brown Band? Get to getting to the actual question here. <laughs> Growing up, how aware were you of the Detroit rock scene, if at all? Like, do you have any favorite groups from from that kind of turn in the millennium heyday? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I got like into the '55 and stuff in high school. Yeah, I grew up like 15 minutes northwest of Detroit in a place called Farmington Hills. That's like, that's like a kind of boring suburb. I guess a little bit more diverse than most suburbs. Kind of. Well, I started going to shows in Detroit when I was like, like probably like 16 or 17. But I was already like playing in like some bands and stuff, you know, not like out there playing a lot, but like definitely like smoking pot in a practice space and jamming for like years already. <laughs> yeah. But my one of my like best friends, Chris Campbell, who we were in Terrible Twos together for like a million years, uh, we started, he was a couple years older than me, but we went to the same high school. He kind of showed me the ropes in, in a handful of ways, you know? Like, we weren't, like, friends in school because he was two years older than me, but we both, like, we both had mutual friends that were actually, like, one, the grade in the middle of us two that we would, like, play music with. Yeah. So basically what happened is we, me and Chris, like, come into Detroit to shows, like, more than anyone else either of us knew individually, you know? We would just trade off borrowing our mom's cars in Detroit and then, like, like human eye and, like, I remember seeing the Piranhas for the first time and, like, the best venue was this place called the Detroit Art Space and it was, like, this weird, like, uh, it was run by a dude named Ben Hernandez who's done a lot of good stuff. It was basically, like, a, it was, like, it just, like, blew my mind, you know? It was, like, an all-ages free-for-all. It was, like, safe enough to not feel like you're gonna die but, like, dangerous <laughs> enough to have a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. It's, like, the perfect kind of, and you walked in and there was, like, people's weird-ass art you know, and out. I mean, just like at a young age, it was like really awesome. And I don't know, I feel like Detroit, that's kind of what's kept me here anyways. It's like certain aspects of something that specific, like haven't really changed in, in, a, in a matter of ways, you know. But like as far as bands like The Piranhas Blow My Mind, uh, this band The Trolls that later became Tentacle Azaro, that I ended up being in a band with uh, the bass player. And we, cu- we were in a band called Fashion. Oh, wow. I, I played drums in it. It's really weird. <laughs> it was drums, keyboard, bass. And this girl who was, I used to, she used to be my boss. She like owned the Susie White Cat Bar. <laughs> we used to practice in the band. I don't know, but like, yeah, I started going to see still. And then like, I saw a lot of like national acts too. I, I like smaller venues, sort of like what I've been doing now, like at that age too, where it's like, so it just kind of, it showed me that there's bands that aren't just smoking pot in a practice space or in a stadium. There's yeah. like, crazy giant middle ground that i wasn't aware of <laughs> we've heard of venues like that uh throughout detroit where it's just like cool rock spaces and the gold dollar is kind of uh, you know and was an art 
rock scene to begin with. It was, you know, is it Neil Yee? Yeah. Wanted it to be an art space for a long time. So that's like about three to five years before my time. But I mean, I've been there and actually Amy Abbott, who worked there for a million years, me, her, uh, I've just known her from being around, but it's still a bit older than me and whatnot, but she's, she's, she's awesome. But we do this thing called, uh, it's called song shop and we teach kids, we teach kids at like different high schools, like, uh, how to write a song basically. Along with like Dave, Dave Buick and Roe, uh, this dude, Eugene Grove, who's been in bands, who's in the witches. Awesome. Nice. That's great. Yeah, awesome. Then like, it's just like a two, it's like a two week thing. And then the kids rotate different kids. Like first week is like, we go to this place and we kind of write a song with like 15 people and they all write some song that's always blows their minds. Like this isn't going to work. And then like, you know, I do it again. And I'm like, well, last time it just worked by chance. There's no way it's going to work again. And then I'll, and they just make a song and the second session is we we go to the we go to third man and they get to perform it on the stage oh wow oh, wow i wish my band could write a complete song in two days <laughs> it's, it's like 15 kids too and most of them never played music so they're not all playing but like they're like singing and like contributing to like lyrics and like or some of them are sleeping but like most of them are like i mean 12 out of 15 kids are like participating it's like crazy I mean, it's hard enough now- to Kind of like four people. It's pretty mind-blowing. Now, have you thought about putting you and all of your bandmates in children disguises to try and enter the class and then uh, take the class and write a song in two days? No, but I'm I'm considering it now. <laughs> this is this is gold. Gold suggestions. Thank you. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever catch the dirt bombs out there, or the Cobras, or any bands like that? Or you you mentioned that? Uh, it, yeah, see, that was I would say dirt bombs was definitely one of my like main influences. And terrible dude, we went on a West Coast tour with them. Oh, nice. Dance Arcane and Dirt Bombs every night. It was, it was awesome. I was actually, it's funny, I was actually talking about that tour the other day. But yeah, I love Dirt Bombs. I watched the Dirt Bombs, you know, as far as being on tour with another band, a handful of times I have, but like, you don't watch the other band, their full set every night. Yeah. <laughs> every single night. I was probably as far up as you could get watching the Dirt Bombs the entire time if I wasn't stealing beer from their green room. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching them like every song. Yeah, like, freaking out too. It's like, like looking back, I'm like, you had to do that every night for like. Four- <laughs> <laughs> you had to do that, too, but I had to. <laughs> yeah, Co is like, I had a case of Heineken. I could have sworn was f-ing over here. I don't. <laughs> do you ever keep in touch with any of those guys? Or oh yeah, Co actually was just over my backyard the other day. She's doing this like photo project. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw any of that. Yeah. The Heart of Detroit, we actually just did an episode uh, spotlighting it, actually. We had Co on talking about it. That's great. I didn't realize you were part of that. Yeah, she, was, she hit me up and, like, we've actually been, we were talking first time. We, like, we talked for a while. Oh, yeah, so she came over, took a picture, and we, like, hung out for a while. And then and then we did, like, the, I guess, sort of, like, an interview thing, I would call it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't seen her in a minute. I mean, not seen, no one's seen anyone in a minute with this shit, but. Yeah. Nick was always way too nerdy to hang out with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like against me. Like I'm not as far as like I'm not cool enough to like even on tour. I like I'm like Nick. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like, too above. It's too high brow for me. Like I see Danny and stuff. Corey's uh, on. Danny's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ben, I talk to sometimes. You know, he's down there. I really, I really like that on that tour. Oh, yeah. yeah. He lives in Australia, I think. I might yeah, he's. Yes. Uh, we've heard he's studying jujitsu, Australian jujitsu down there. We're what? starting this rumor. It's, we, uh, we're perpetuating a rumor about it. So everyone is aging in that band. And he's like decreasing in age or something. It's it's wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a blast with Pat. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, he's the best. I really like him because he was the only he was the only guy I didn't know 
I never even encountered before that tour, and I hung out with him probably the most. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was uh, cool, but he would like, we were so broke, and like they weren't, and like I would just be like sitting there at the bar, like drinking a beer as slow as possible because I was broke or something, and he'd be like, "You want a shot of Jameson?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> Great. That's you know, but uh, actually, the last person I didn't mention is Troy, Troy Gregor. I used to work with. He got me a job at a school of rock back in the day. Oh, nice. Actually, Troy changed my life. Troy got me that job, right? I worked at a lot of... I taught guitars since way before I worked at that place, but this was... Sorry, I got to turn off the baby monitor. My bad. Doesn't that mean you have to go see your baby? <laughs> nah, it'll be fine. That's not how that he's works. Just, he's just going to squirm there for a while. It's okay. That's not how baby monitors work. <laughs> he's he's screaming. It's fine. Is, the second word is monitor. <laughs> Yeah, James, the goal of the baby monitor isn't to turn it off when it makes a noise. <laughs> it's no, my wife's with him. It's fine. He's, oh, word. He's not he's not alone in a crib. Hey, you want to know how Troy changed my life? Yes. Yes, please. please. So Troy gets me this job at the School of Rock, and it was like a better teaching job than anyone I had before, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to f*** that up or whatever. And then, like, oh, I was just, like, happy about getting that job, you know? I was, like, between that and bartending, it'd be, like, a good time, you know? So then I got offered to go on tour, play guitar with King Tough, right? Mm-hmm. yeah like two kind of really cool opportunities came at like the exact same time but of course i would have said yes to that immediately if it wasn't for this like school of rock job and right. i thought about it and then i told my friend jake who who's played bass and it was from detroit in that band is why they asked me to do it because like that was like my connection to those guys because i had known jake forever who played in the cobras you know yeah yeah i i thought about it. i told jake no i was like i got this job yeah i don't know i told him no and then I started like contemplating, is that a good idea? Should I do this tour or whatnot? You know? And then I, I used to live by Troy and I was like, Troy, meet me can you meet me here? We'll I'll get you a beer or whatever. And we go to a bar, we're hanging out. And I asked him, and he goes, Go on the tour. And I was like, Really? He's like, He's the one who got me that job, you know, it's like his referral or whatever. And he's yeah. like, Go on the tour. And I was like, Well, really? And so he so I was like, you know, he he pressed it home, he's like you're going to be old and not be able to tour one day. He's like, don't pass up going on tour. And I was like, oh, okay. And I switched my mind and I said, go on tour. And it was, it was honestly one of the best decisions I ever made in my life, but I would have made the wrong decision if it wasn't for that. It was a, that tour, both those tours were, were really fun. And I, nice. and I yeah. met a lot of good people on it and stuff. Yeah. Well, awesome. well, while we're, while we're talking about the past a bit, I, I wanted to kind of get a sense of where you're maybe how you built your, stage presence because you know when i see you perform in, in videos and stuff um it gives me a, a feeling almost like a almost like a dex romweber from flat duo jets where there's like reckless abandon but it's also kind of it reads as sort of freedom to the audience and i was just wondering you know when you were growing up and seeing those shows like who were the people that you looked at as like okay that is that's how i want to be on the stage or was it something that actually was more of an introspective thing that you built yourself I probably ripped. I'm probably a product of ripping off a lot of things, especially young. Because I saw so, I would go to so many shows. Like I don't, Tim Volger for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jamie Easter, but I never tried to be that crazy. I actually never saw Jack till I never saw the White Stripes. I never saw Jack till like I think like the week before we played with them at. Thir- I mean, I was like, so, so some of it's from like. You know, you get inspired by shit you watch too, not just necessarily on the stage right in front of you. And right. yeah. man, so I mean, even just like from Hendrix, like lighting a guitar on fire, that definitely changed my life when I was like ten years old. You know, yeah, it's like seeing this. I, I saw the Stones in eighth grade. Like, like what the f-? like 
And that was back when they were like not corpses yet. <laughs> <laughs> but even I'll tell you what though, I saw them like four years ago and he had and they had more energy than when I saw him in eighth grade. Like the drugs got stronger or something. <laughs> I don't know. I always, but the freedom thing was a, was a, I'm glad you maybe take that away because like I don't know if I rationalized that with myself, but I definitely feel like yeah, no one can like kind of tell you what to do when you're yeah like when you have a guitar in hand. I, I mean, we'll move we'll move from there to you know your work with Third Man, the the lucky ones uh, forget. Um, you know, overthinking was how I got to know you know your work originally when that single came out. You know, we had followed some of the other groups, but it was that one where I was like, oh, okay. And in overthinking, I bought, I bought the single right away. I have it right here. I... I'm not Uh, right when it came out and i was i was really taken with the song because it's really funny and uh, the, it just screams joy and caring where the lyrics seem like they're espousing the opposite it's almost like everything i like about alternative music in the 90s but brought up to now and then like sort of i don't know given like a country infusion so it was beautiful work especially on that song and i was wondering you know, when you're writing a song like Overthinking or maybe some of the other tracks on that record, are you doing it from an autobiographical place or, or do you are you thinking of that stuff in terms of characters? I basically write autobiographical in the second person a lot of times. Yeah. When I say you, I mean me. I do that a lot. That song, I say I. So I think that's just like, that's more just like, that, that, that one's probably more straightforward. Yeah, a lot of times I write you, but I mean I. Yeah. Because I was saying... I, I, I doesn't always sound like it. I guess it did in that one, though. You liked it. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. It's beautiful. Yeah. A song I really connected to was uh, Should Have Been Fishing. I really, really love that song. Uh, it showcases a, like a mix of folk and rock and, and country, and it, it kind of has this place of honesty, uh, you know, about regret, and it really resonated to me. Uh, what what led to that? What led to that tune? That's actually... That one's about... That one's first person beyond the grave. That's about my friend that killed himself. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, Ben. my friend Ben Todd, he put out some records and stuff. He's from Nashville. He's an awesome dude. Uh, he used to run a very similar like kind of art space, show space in Nashville called The Precinct. Oh, it's, no, sorry. It later became The Precinct. It was called Glenn Danzig's House. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, he ran Glenn Danzig's house. It was the best venue in Nashville, like, hands down. No one, I don't think anyone who, who hear this from Nashville or who's been there could argue that. There's no, no one could ever argue that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was in a band called Diwatusi that was awesome. He was in a band called Ben Stein's Money. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Holy sh! I lit. I forgot about that show until you said it just this much. Every episode is flooding back to me now. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, how did, yeah, but like, yeah, him and my boy David Stein, they were in this band called, uh, I think it's called Ben, ben Stein's Money. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Uh, they were awesome. And like, uh, no, what's really weird though is like, I never like put a song to paper with, I didn't like do it with such urgency, but like, like have a thought and finish. I got the news and went upstairs at the place I lived at at the time and wrote that song and recorded the demo immediately. I've never done wow. that. I never did that before that or after that. Wow. And there's two, I mean, the song's short, but there's like, well, these little, all these little small verses. There's two verses that weren't originally there. So I made it a little bit longer when I recorded it for the first time. Mm. Again, I remember. Yeah. Wow. 
It's a powerful song. It really is. Thanks. I like that one a lot. Should have been a salesman. Not your best friend. I'm a fireman. I'm the wrong side of the road. I'm the wrong side of the road. I'm the wrong. That's like the like. Uh, that's definitely like the I don't know like the, like the deepest one or whatever and like. But it's weird. It makes a lot of people smile, and it's like, it, but it, it's kind of like, uh, it's very dark. It's definitely the darkest like subject matter I've rolled with for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like talking about death in songs too much. I don't know. I was kind of like, uh, Tim Volger once said it, and it really stuck with me. I don't know if I agree with it either, but like, he's like, oh, I never. He's like, I don't write about death. F- that. So if I do it, I always kind of second guess if, I'm, if I want to or not. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I think y- your songs tend to play with a lot of you know, maybe darker subject matter, maybe not that dark, maybe maybe should have been fishing is more of the extreme of that, but there tends to be some sadder stuff, but it's set against the, a bright, happy kind of background, which I really love. I think of a song like I Wondered What, and it, it, I, I'm almost hearing a uh, an Americana arrangement on top of this very punky alternative rock style, you know, take on, on what you're singing about there. And, you know, I it got me thinking about, you know, when I listened to that record, it played with my expectations a little bit. And I was wondering, you know, you seem like a playful guy on stage, particularly. And I'm wondering if you you ever think about playing with people or using the element of surprise in your songwriting or the execution of, uh, of songs as you're working on them. I definitely think about, I probably more think about that almost after the fact of like, how I'm going to, I think about like, maybe I should do that more. That's a good tip. <laughs> I think because I think about arranging. I definitely think about arranging, but I think about it after the fact. I would say I definitely think about arranging mostly after the fact. Or yeah. maybe like, yeah, if I'm like, oh, my friend can play a mean saw. Maybe I could <laughs> have a little space for him to play that saw. He's really. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me you have someone play a saw on something. That would be great. My friend Todd is amazing at the saw. Wow. It's actually saw keyboard accordion and and drums oh my god wow. that's he is really good at all of those he's a good friend of mine we've been playing with uh kelly and caldwell together for like a dozen years he's a drummer in that and he's one of my best friends but uh he lives right by her and he's a skater and he built a skate ramp in his garage but he turned it more into a studio during quarantine he's been recording there so anyways i think i asked him the other day actually if he'll help me like I want to start recording some more stuff. I, I make some good recordings at home, but as far as but my area, my space isn't really necessarily that big enough to do it with track a full band, you know. So yeah, I want to go over there and do it. Well, we'd love to hear some new music from you. But speaking of your full band, I just wanted to send a shout out to the Drinkard Sisters for the really gorgeous backing vocals on not not only that record but just the band in general. I was wondering how you got hooked up with Bonnie and Caitlin. Uh, it was actually funny. My friend Clark played guitar in their band like years ago. Yeah. And well, like when I met them, basically, it's so weird. I think about when I met them. Yeah, I met them with a guitar in my hand for sure. I met them like immediately for music. But so I went. He was like, he couldn't play the show, so he was like, "Yo, you got to meet." Uh, I, did I even know Bonnie at the time? I honestly, might have barely. I 
I like knew them, but barely, barely knew them, which is weird because we live by each other, right by each other. So I was just gonna fill in on guitar for one of their shows, right? And then so I'm learning. I'm in like four songs deep, five songs deep, and I was like, "When's the show?" And they're like, "Blah blah." And I was like, "Oh, I've, I'm I don't remember what it was. I think it was like, oh, I'm going to New Jersey for start like a liquor store tour that day. I, I can't do it." And then they're like, "Oh." F- Clark didn't tell you the date, and I was like, I don't know, maybe, I'm sorry. And I was like, hey, while you're here, you want to play these songs? <laughs> <laughs> we just switched, and they started singing along to my songs, and it was incredible. And, like, that's it was not a master plan. That'd be <laughs> But it, that's how that happened is, that, like, no joke. That was 100% factual how that <laughs> Two girls in my band before that who were fine – but nobody's no drinkard, so it was hard. I never really, like, fired anyone, especially, like, for what? To be in, like, some band that plays in Hamtramck? You know, it seemed kind of strange. It was like, I don't know, I guess I had, like, trying to be goal-oriented. And so I was like, well, I want this band to at least sound as good as it possibly can. I had to, like, call those girls separately, and they're like, I mean, they weren't sisters or anything, you know. They have their own telephones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had to, like, tell those them that, like, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm not pretty, I don't know if they... I know one of them has seen us. The other one might have not even ever seen us since then. Not in the band anymore right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we, Me and Caitlin especially, just like, I don't want to get into it, but like, we're, we're, the three of us are really good friends right now, and that's great. Like, after Europe, I mean, me and Caitlin always kind of butted heads. She will agree with me on 100%. We have a brother-sister relationship. Like, like we're 70-year-old siblings. <laughs> like, I've been owner for five years. Like, me yeah. and, are fucking at like war and peace nothing casual yeah. ground i don't know me and Kayla are on a softball team together i'll see her tomorrow at our game nice uh so yeah no they're awesome and i i i support every move they have but so right now i got my buddy connor who's in who plays drums and prude boys he's just super all-around talented nice. he's europe and played bass with us because my boy derek block from liquor store couldn't go yeah couldn't go because he started this new job whatever but connor's amazing at guitar and then my boy randy has been playing guitar and my boy jeff was playing drums different jeff yeah (laughs) and drums the past two europe so do you seek out jeff's on drums never again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyways jeff and the girls left randy moved from guitar to drums he's always played drums connor moved from bass to guitar and now blocks back on bass and we've been writing a lot of shit so Nice. Awesome. That's great. But the harmonies are it's just a different range. Like I think it's a little it's a little bit less twangy now and it's got more you know, I tried to make it like a lot kind of sweeter to showcase the drinkers as much as possible. Yeah. Even though they'd probably argue that I didn't do that enough. I was at least trying to do that. <laughs> but uh now it's just like I'm not saying we're just gonna kick an ass now. I don't mean like that. But yeah. I, it's just more like straight it's just more like I'd say it's closer like straightforward rock, you know. I always like playing sounding guitar so that, that's probably gonna always be in there because i just like hit that's the funnest guitar style for me to play yeah, yeah. well you mentioned uh we mentioned jeff perry I, I know you guys go back a long long way how long have you guys been making music together i think i read somewhere sixth grade yeah <laughs> what kind of songs were you were you singing in sixth grade about just like i lost my pikachu or whatever <laughs> uh, no man i lost my ninja turtle <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's six. No, it's, we were just we were just jamming blues, like twelve bar blues crap, as loud as we possibly could. 
That's awesome. And then, like, we play Metallica riffs, and then we learn a Sabbath song, and then we started smoking weed in eighth grade, and then we would make songs way too long. <laughs> <laughs> What's actually funny is uh, Sarum from Liquor Store is in town. Me and him and Block have been at my practice space making making riffs for for our for what we got for going to the studio and make another album. And uh, yeah. so Perry's coming down tomorrow. It'll be the first time I've seen him in a long time. Nice. That'd be great. Excited to see Perry. I haven't seen him in like I haven't seen Perry. This is the longest I haven't seen Perry since sixth grade. Wow. Now, oh, up. yeah, honestly, in sixth grade, it's the longest I've never not. I haven't not seen Perry. Now, <laughs> a sixth a sixth grade band to eighth grade band. Uh, how many times did you play Stairway to Heaven? Uh, I need to know. <laughs> uh, I definitely played the end part, the damn, you know, the part that doesn't suck. <laughs> The first time I played live was like middle school talent show, and I did a me and a, the first drummer I actually jammed with was before Perry, my friend named John Law. We played a medley of For Whom the Bell Tolls and Voodoo Child. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Bold combo. Craig, you and I have something in common. That was my uh, middle school talent show, was my debut as well uh, in, the, in our band Torch, where I played a couple co- Oasis covers, as I recall. Um, and let me tell you, I was making I was making the panties drop. I, I don't it's a gift, you know what I mean? So like yeah. we do what we can. Anyway, here's uh, Wonderwall. I got the double LP actually. What's the story, Morning Glory? I'm like the thick vinyl. Nice. It's beautiful. Like when you look back at those albums, they actually really hold up. I mean, at least definitely maybe in Morning Glory for sure. Dude, what's really weird actually, like I don't know how much you want to get into Oasis right now, but like I kind of brushed off Oasis because I was like, well, I like the Beatles and I like Kinks, but I don't need some new version of that back then. If I want new stuff, I want to rock hard. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, I 100% like Oasis way more now than I did back then. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. I don't know. I, Oasis, uh, I think Oasis people either love it or hate it. There's not much middle, there's not a people that are like Oasis is okay. They're right. <laughs> now, where do you fall on Noel versus Liam? Where do you... Where do you land on that dynamic? Liam is a way better singer, and I wish he sang uh, Don't Look Back in Anger, because that would be the best song ever. Yeah. <laughs> Old sucks now, because he's not good at singing. Yeah. I like high... Not like a good singer, like, for me, necessarily, like, makes a... I mean, I don't want a bad singer, but, like, yeah, you know, someone like stage presence, I mean, you know, whatever, <laughs> anyways. But, like, you can't just sing songs that were already sung really well and sing... <laughs> like, I mean, I guess you can't... Well, no, you actually can't because his career was already made. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see that documentary about them? They're like doing meth. They like they got coke, and they thought it was coke, so but it was meth. And then they're like, oh, f-, and they just got addicted to meth for like two weeks straight. <laughs> that that's that you get a BDI doing that is what you get. Oh yeah, it's uh, a pun. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the Kinks and the Beatles, two things that come up on our show quite often. Favorite Beatle? Simple answer, George. Okay, nice. Fair enough. And. Do you have any fun kinky facts about the kinks that you'd like to share on our show? This isn't that fun a fact. I I really like Rushmore, and I heard Rushmore originally he wanted to do an all-kink soundtrack. Huh. Wow. That's my only fun kinks fact. No, that's fine. That is an amazing kinky fact. Wow. I wonder what that movie would have changed significantly for me with the kinks soundtrack, because one of the bits I like the most is it's the best use of the song Oh Yoko, maybe ever, because they, they... they make it seem universal in that movie, but I wonder what they would have. I wonder what sweet kinks love would have infected that film. It's a, it's an interesting question. A well-respected man. Oh, that's a good one. That could have that right. could have gone there. Actually, yeah. those are the same chords. That's the same song. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Dude, I swear that's the same. <laughs> We're going to play him back to back here and we'll let yeah. the listener decide. So that's that's our fun segment of our show called the Kinky Corner because me and Paul know next to nothing about the Kinks, or at least we're starting to get to know them because uh, we grew up as Beatle people, and so uh, you've 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 now taught us another fact. I learned something else about the Kinks that's like, you know, when there's those people where it's like Beatles or Stones, then there's that guy that says Kinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned the rap has the flip of that too. When they're like Pac or Biggie, there's always a guy that goes Nas. Yes. <laughs> so Nas is the Kinks of rap. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's awesome. I, yeah. All right. I get I, amazing. Uh, <laughs> back to the lucky ones. Forget the story of that album goes that you you signed up for a single with Third Man and then uh, delivered an entire album. Um, <laughs> can, how did that relationship with with Third Man begin? There. That's pretty close. Except for an entire album was more like seven or eight songs, and they were like, but it was my plan because a lot of those songs I had for a really long time. Some of those, some of those songs. I made like a really, really, really long time ago, like when I was like 20. And some of those songs are new, are not new now, but were new then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know, maybe they'll do an album or whatever. So yeah, like eight songs. And then they were like, we can't pick a single or whatever. I mean, I don't know. My master plan worked. Probably the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least it worked once. So yeah, like, uh, yeah. You George costanza them. You left a bunch of songs at their door and said, uh, I'm going to have to come back for those songs. Completely uh. <laughs> costanza them. <laughs> I'll call Heather. You'll get your hat back. I will get a second date. <laughs> now, watch the magic. You should ask people favorite Seinfeld character, and if they don't say Costanza, you should just hang up the... Well, yeah, well, they would be wrong. <laughs> they would be wrong. Yeah. Frog <laughs> is wrong. Uh, you, you guys rule. <laughs> That's such an important thing. Like, you gotta say Costanza. You gotta say it quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 necessary. I mean, believe it or not, George isn't at home. <laughs> uh, yeah. Please leave a message at the beep. <laughs> I must be yeah. Or uh, anyway, um, I'm not home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about rights to that cover of that song later. But um, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, how how would you say that Third Man is different than any other labels that you've had run-ins with? Because like you've you've been putting out you know albums on a lot of different labels. Uh, one that comes to mind: Urinal Cake Records. Love love that name. Uh, Eric Love, man, I need to talk to that guy. I don't know. I miss that dude. I don't know what happened to him. But how would you say that Third Man kind of differs from other other labels? Uh, they sell a lot of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's fair. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's anything label or not label. I don't think there's anything like Third Man. It's f***ing crazy. What the fuck? It's like, I don't know. It's like if Walmart was cool or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. They do a lot of stuff, you know. It's like <laughs> They're the Costco to yeah. some, some other Walmart. They, you know. <laughs> right, they, they, right. Damn it, if they will let that hot dog price go up. They will, they will make sure it stays down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Third Man's cool. I mean, like, it's hard to even grasp, like, and even from, like, 
somewhat of an insider as, as especially that hasn't done like any deals with them like i would say i'm pretty close to some sort of an insider i mean i don't work there but like it i still don't understand it like it's kind of like jack's like chocolate factory yeah that's <laughs> fair but like open to the public or something i don't know well <laughs> like, i think you can buy willy wonka's candy i think we we literally call it uh, Wonka Land to to co because <laughs> she hadn't been down there during the ten year anniversary, which you were there for too. Uh, me and my wife got got the had the pleasure to see you. Fun man, that was awesome. Yeah, your set was great. Yeah, was loved hot. it. Yes, it was hot that day. <laughs> it was very <laughs> hot. Uh, again, I was telling Co, it's like ninety seven degrees there in April, and I'm used to New Jersey, which was like you know a cool forty, and and Detroit must be like an, a negative five is the joke I made last time. But <laughs> are you from Jersey? Are you guys yeah. from New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which We're, I wanted to bring up with with liquor store. You know, that's a that's a Jersey native band. Where are you from in like in Jersey? We're from uh, a, a town called South Brunswick, so. We're not far from New Brunswick, sort of in between New Brunswick and Princeton, kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, if you're familiar with Turnpike exits, we're uh, the Cranberry exit, so exit eight A. Are you by Trenton? Yeah, it's close by. Yeah, yeah. So like South Jersey, you would say. Central. Well, it's central. South middle, South Central. South Central. Yeah, we're from South Central. South Central. Liquor stores from Bergen County. So right oh, off shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love going there, man. I mean, Jersey's the best, dude. I can't it, believe how awesome that place is. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> people don't say that. It's so weird. I don't get why it's a weird thing to, to say Jersey's cool and awesome. Like, it's so weird. Okay, favorite Jersey delicacy. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I think the correct answer is cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you a Taylor ham man or a pork roll guy? <laughs> I guess like Taylor ham, but I don't eat that. But I, I really appreciate it. But I mean, just like the pizza in Jersey, just the pizza yeah. and the sandwich. I mean, the pizza is amazing. I mean, just like all anything. It's I mean, the Italian. It's just like we don't have Italian stuff here. I mean, yeah. stuff is garbage. You have Detroit style pizza, which is it's great. You know, yeah, it's something else, but it's fine. I like it. Yeah, but as far as Italian stuff, like other Italian stuff, like yeah, yeah. Don't have that like shit. the mafia, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, our mafias aren't are not Italian. I don't want to be a pizza is my personality kind of guy, but uh, we do have a pizza scoreboard in our kitchen for Pennsylvanian pizzas uh, to try and get the closest we can to what we think is decent. I do miss the pizza. I, I I'm out in Los Angeles now, and and James is in Pennsylvania, so we've we've drifted from Jersey, but. I do. I miss the pizza the most, mainly the pizza, actually, probably just the pizza. It's hard hard to get, hard yeah. to get even close to. Hey, how's the air out there for you now? Uh, today it's okay. It was pretty brutal recently, but no fires by us, so we're we're thankful for that. Yeah, that's good. We've we've now talked about Third Man and Third Man's like store presence. Any any stories of encounters with Jack you could tell us about? Oh, yeah, I got a good one. The first time I went over to his house, his house in Detroit, yeah. was, um, after, I think, the plant opening. Was that some big party in Detroit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, in 2016. Yeah, well, so we played, like, both days of that, right? So there was a party at his house after the first night, and, like, downstairs is, like, a bar, and, like, everyone's hanging out or whatever. And I just walked down there, and Jack just kind of, like, kind of fast moving around. He's big and too so like one step that dude takes is like from one side to the other he comes right to me and he's like he's like he's like hey craig you want to shoot hitler he's like hey craig you want to kill hitler with me and i was like hey craig you want to shoot hitler with me and i was like 
what the hell is going on? In- <laughs> like rifle gun. He has this like really like old school as like I guess you'd call it like a arc- pre arcade style sort of game, and like you take this gun and you shoot this mini Hitler guy across the way. So you get to kill Hitler. It's kind of awesome. Wow. First encounter of him at his house. So he's like, hey, Craig, I'm going to shoot Hitler. Oh, and I was like, what the f*** is this going to happen? <laughs> well, Fair enough. He was a man of his word. I got to shoot Hitler. Now, did you immediately think he was a time traveler who was, <laughs> who was now coming into the future to enlist you to kill Hitler as a child? Dude, I didn't know what to think. I don't know. But all I do know is that that was after the, the like, whatever the, like, Maybe it was like a private event or something that we that we played. It was like at night, and then the next day was like more of an afternoon thing for like the. It was like a public, uh, whatever, like a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Third man and dude, I slept so late. We were supposed to play. I think we were supposed to play first or something. My whole band's on stage. I'm not even there yet, <laughs> and I didn't know where my car was, so I didn't drive. And then it's the I, Craigslist like, Brown I band. called an Uber, and there was like. And the Uber driver, I remember she was like, she was like, oh, good luck. She's like, you never, she's like, it's gonna be a long time till you get in there. She's like, gonna be a long time to get in there because there was like a long line. I was like, oh, no, I'll be good. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to be sweet or anything, but I was like, dude, my band was so pissed at me. I was covered in sweat and just hung over and gross. And, and I walked straight from the car to like the stage and like through all these people. And I was there like, what the f- is wrong with this <laughs> and the, it ended up being a good show i think i've seen some videos of it i was like surprised off, but like dude my arm like i don't know i didn't think i had to set an alarm for 2 p.m but like jesus I, yeah. I was bad then i was bad then but Any uh, puking in the bushes uh, before that show? I don't know what happened. No, not before. But okay. I puked before playing when I was like 18. Every time, even if I wasn't drunk, I would get so nervous. I would, if In front of the three people we'd always play in front of. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, <laughs> I, I get so nervous that sometimes I ask which came first, Craig Brown or the Craig Brown band. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I used to puke before shows back in the day, even though we'd always play in front of like six people. I mean, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, yeah. it's, you, you put yourself out there, you know? You, of course uh, it's weird though i don't get i don't really get nervous anymore really even after driving what like 600 miles to texas to play with dwight yokum <laughs> Dude, that was far man yeah I, I was reading about that or you're just like yeah I'll, I'll i'll play your midwest show which is apparently southwest <laughs> <It's the best. laughs> well he asked he's like yeah you'll be my midwestern guy <laughs> the coolest thing i ever heard and then like, as I was leaving, I was like, well, because he just played in Detroit. I saw him I, with no affiliation whatsoever. I just I went to see Dwight Yoakam play at this like sort of outdoor street fair thing. So I was like, they just came to Detroit. They're not coming back there anytime soon, you know? So when I after he said that to me, this was in L.A., I was like, 
hey, you know, uh, we tour all the time, so we don't have to just open for you in the Midwest. We can do it wherever. And he's like, oh, okay. I'll have Dave call you. I'll have Dave, my office man, give you a call. <laughs> day off between far east Tennessee and Memphis. Oh, my God. Hey, they're like, play, on, play San Antonio. <laughs> it was actually past San Antonio. I was wondering if that connection, because we know you were a, a Dwight Yoakam fan and that you did play with him. I was wondering if that had anything to do with the third band connection at all, because I know he had done a Blue Room series single not long before, around the same time as you did the album. That got me tickets to see him in Nashville once, I think, because I asked him, okay. Ben, dude, if you ever talk to Ben, ask him how bad I bugged him for Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> We're going to we, write this down. Yeah, we're writing this down. Yeah. Dude, I think I drove him crazy. That was like years before I played with him. No, how I played with him was f***ing crazy. It had nothing to really, nothing to do with that. I played this weird as f- random set with uh, my buddy Garrett, who played drums in King Tough, and Greg Ashley from Oakland, who's like an old friend who's a f***ing damn genius. Every instrument, everything is the most, you know Greg Ashley? Yeah, no, not familiar, no. Check him out. Greg Ashley. He was in a band called Gree Gree back in the day that was on In the Red. But his solo stuff is, well, all of it. It's just incredible. Anyways, he's a studio in Oakland. So my friend Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Sains, how's, how do you say his last name? I don't know. But he, he, ran this, he ran this little venue in L.A. called The Resident. You know that place? It's small. It's like downtown. Oh, yeah. Is, is it, is it uh, like a second floor with a skylight? I think I might have been there. No, you play kind of down, like, three steps. There's, like, this nice... There's this patio that's, like, ten times the size of a venue. Hmm. There's, like, food trucks and shit, But it's, like, weird. It's, like, no one goes to it. Why, there hasn't been food trucks here in 600 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend managed that venue, and he was, like... He always, like, wants to help me out. He's, like, the best dude ever. And, uh... So this band called King Leg, that, like, Dwight Yoakam married his sister, but King Leg is a good band. And so Dwight, like, got him signed to Sire and, like, produces the shit. Them and it's like it's like he takes him under his wing a lot it's his brother-in-law named brian who's way younger than him but anyway <laughs> he's originally from nebraska but he's like a la band yeah he was playing at the resident and my friend was like yo i'll fly you out here to play a show dwight yoko might be here and i was like what okay what the f- i'm gonna fly to play a show I was like, what, solo? Like, what the hell am I doing? What the hell is this? I was like, I had a six-piece band. I know you're not paying for that. And he's like, no, just come out here and play a solo set. He's like, Dwight Yoko might be there. I was like, okay. So I thought about it, and I didn't want to do solo, so I ended up scrounging up those two dudes I mentioned. We played a show. Sure enough, Dwight Yoko was there. Yeah. Sure enough, Dwight Yoko, I had no idea he even watched us, because I saw him. I thought I, I didn't know he was there. He was like in the back, maybe. And then he comes up to me after, and he's like going off to me. It was insane. He's like my hero. It was fucking insane. He was just going off to me like crazy. And then and I was like, well, if you ever need an opener, hit up your boy Jack. And he was like, <laughs> he goes, Jack, <laughs> office manager. He's right here. He's like, let's go. He's, like Look. he's like, let's go talk to Dave. <laughs> God, this is insane. So then that's when I got from the Midwestern and bit off more than I can chew barely and blah, blah, blah. And then we ended up doing like three, three little legs with him. And then we played a show last year with him in Detroit. Finally, after all that, after our eighth show was finally here. Right. <laughs> which, uh, which venue? The Royal Oak music theater. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was cool. That was, this is the most bizarre. I can't believe. Yeah. So there's a, that's a master plan of another guy. That <laughs> I guess. I mean, those shows were, I mean, honestly for like, I never really picked me. So like, about like career or whatnot but like as if i was let's say i was yeah, okay. yeah. here goes opening for dwight didn't really do shit, but it sure was a 
awesome experience. <laughs> yeah. Plus, dude, it's a bunch of old people that you're not listed as the opener on most of the shows, and they're there to, like, not see you. <laughs> you can win them over, though. You can, like, win them over and sell a bunch of merch and, like, have a great time, and you paid us really well, and it was, like, awesome. But, like, it's hard to say. Like, you think playing in front of those bigger crowds would, like, do more for you, but, like, like I'm sure they would if, like, we were opening for, like, Jack or someone, but, like, I don't know. The first show, actually, in San Antonio, they drove 16 hours through. They hated us. Huh. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, hundreds of people would come at the merch booth and say they loved it, but as yeah. far as the masses, Dwight left them waiting. He didn't go on stage until like 11.30, and they were roasting <sighs> since like 4 p.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so at like 9 p.m., because we're told to like hold off, hold off, hold off, so maybe at like 9.30, they are the whatever, the, you know, it's outside, like the lights or whatever go off, and dude, they are cheering for what they are going to think is not us. Oh no! With these big ass hats, like they weren't like booing or anything. I mean, they were. We got a lot of cheers and stuff, but mostly people were just like, "What the f- is going?" <laughs> but I made the note to like tell a really short anecdote of like the story I just told you about, like him asking us to him like finding me, basically. Yeah, yeah. And like, just so these idiots know, we're not there by a f- winning a. F- contest yeah, yeah. <laughs> now did you or did you not also attempt the peewee herman uh, alamo thing because you really you could have at least gotten some crowd participation <laughs> man i should have we went to the alamo. <laughs> the stars at night i mean you could have gotten them wow i could have just had a i should have had a giant large marge up there i know <laughs> i mean that's that seems like something uh, tim vulgar would would put up on stage you, you Dude, could <laughs> just ask him what about a, a tiny large march? Now that'd be weird. Uh, yeah, well, well now, <laughs> a small march. <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides that though, I mean, we had some great crowds though with Dwight. Like, taking Georgia was amazing. It's weird though; those shows, it's like, some of them are like at like centers or whatever you want to call it, like art centers. But I don't mean art centers in like the cool way. Like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to like I don't know some like town center hall weird place and like these like venues and then the casinos hmm. but like, some of them the georgia ones were awesome because it's like a real mixture it's like people don't understand how hard that dude rocks and how loud he is yeah like some of these old people when we're playing they're like it's so loud and it's like one why the f- are you here two once we're <laughs> playing you are about to be blown away because Dwight was like five times louder than us yeah, like, yeah. All and it's like what the f- are you doing here lady <laughs> now speaking of loud venues you've played in in the blue room at, at third man that venue is like insanely loud is i never played there maybe no. i'm thinking of at uh the um the stage in at the tenure that's probably what i'm thinking yeah of. outside there uh well i take my word for it I've seen shows there though no I, I can relate though i i saw boris there oh, oh nice. nice i was just in town one day visiting a friend. I might have actually, that might be when I saw it, went down to Nashville to see Dwight Yoakam, actually. Might have mm. been, I don't know. Yeah, that was when I went there. And then after, it was Earth and Boris, but we missed Earth, and man, Boris was f***ing, yeah, loud as in there. That room gets so loud, it's crazy. I saw uh, the Soledad Brothers play, and it was, it, it, it hurt. It was great. I loved it, but it, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Who else I saw there? I went there on- Bully, and they, like, were like, dang, they, like, finished their last note right when i like walked in the blue 
<laughs> That's great. Uh, is there is there a venue you prefer to play at, like a small one or a a, a large one? Uh, I'll shout out to some venues. My favorite venue in the country. I got three favorite venues in the country. Okay. Ace of Cups in Columbus, Ohio. The Earl in Atlanta. And then just the whole city, but I'll say Cactus Club in Milwaukee. My favorite venue is probably actually Lineman's, but I don't think it goes to that place anymore. But like Cactus Club in Milwaukee. I mean, that's like that's like a uh, institution. Like everyone played there. I've been playing there for years. I've played there with actually both all three of those venues. I've played at all three of them with probably like four different bands. And yeah, the Earl and the Earl and Ace of Cups are actually pretty similar in the way they're set up. I like venues that like have the stage in like kind of an angle. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's not just like some like square ass box or whatever. Uh, favorite New Jersey venue, dude? I've only played in Jersey City. I used to live there. I uh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, I'm Rippers on Rockaway Beach. That's... Okay, nice. I don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, I, I'm assuming this whole conversation is pandemic aside, because like, but like, I don't even know. I feel like a bunch of venues have closed in New York, though. Much of everything close in New York. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rough. I have a lot of friends who are uh, musicians and bartenders and in the that kind of tri-state area, and it's uh, it's rough. It's rough going. Yeah, um, I'm a bar. I've been bartending here for twelve years. I haven't worked since March 15th. I've heard oh at, uh, you you bartend at uh, PJ's Lager House, right? There and L Club. Nice. Back in the day, back in the day, my friend, my friend Steve Cousins and his friend Alex, they'd always come into the bar when I was working and they taught me this game. It's called shot roulette. Okay. And so it'd always be the three of us minimum, but say there's like two other people at the bar that want to participate in this disgusting game. So mm-hmm. then it'd be five. So let's say it's, let's say it's the three of us and then for five people. I give everyone a piece of paper and you write down a, a, a liquid, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know, it could be a, it could be a chaser. Yeah. It could be a cranberry, it could be orange juice, whatever, you know what I mean? Right. It could be wine, it could be draft beer, it could be whiskey, it could be tequila. So everyone writes down one of them, and then I mix it, shake it, pour it all out, and we do a shot, and then we, and then we name it. And, okay. And, and we, I staple the piece of paper together on the back, I name it, and then I, I hit them and I kept them all. And then when my, one of, my friend that started that game, that, this dude Steve, when he moved away, I, I gave them all to him. I was like, here's, here's your disgusting recipe book. <laughs> but some of them, but it was crazy. Some of them like sound so disgusting, and you drink them, and they were not. They were pretty good. And then the opposite too. Like you drink one that was like, this is this could actually be good. You're like that tastes terrible. But, like I remember there was one that had mint schnapps in it. We named it like Santa's. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's good. I'd be good at like pleasing. The like, make me a fruity shot. Like, I'd win that person over. Or like, it's always the person that does that that doesn't know what they want. No one's ever like, uh, could I have like something like kind of sour and like. So I was like, make me a fruity shot. <laughs> like, they'd come back for a lot more when I when I'd have the fruity shot people. You know what you give a fruity shot person? Vanilla vodka and cranberry juice, and you call it some name. Cherry cheesecake, you call them it, and they're obsessed. <laughs> Actually, really good. I mean, yeah, you get the worst hangover from hell, but like, yeah, I don't know. I actually haven't drank for three years. You know that? Oh shit! Whoa! Well, congratulations. I, I don't mind being at bars and serving drinks at all. Yeah. I thought I'd throw that out there. I didn't want to come across that. Last time I drank was at uh, when we opened for Lily May here at Third Man. Oh uh, yeah. She's my hero, by the way. She's uh, amazing. Yeah, we yeah. love her. I will say that. That's the best band in the world. Yeah, the Rishis are a fine clan. They're they. 
they're all so talented. Scarlet's amazing up there. Sorry, I mean, it's the only band for me that has this insanely high level of musicianship, and the songwriting is up there as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's like a lot of bands that can shred as hard as Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, they're not writing songs like Tom Petty. Right. Where, like, she's doing both of that shit, and it's, like, it's the best band to me. It's the best it's, band to me. <laughs> it's great. It's really great. Uh, we, me and Paul both had the pleasure of being able to, to see her uh, her solo stuff. I've never been able to see, like, uh, her with Gypsy or anything like that. But Yeah, me neither. In Nashville, but... Um, her solo material is amazing. We both we both love uh, both those albums, so we agree with you. Yeah. Oh, I've seen Nashville on Broadway. It's awesome. Yeah. At Layla's, I think she's been playing there. Her her friends and family have been playing there like every Sunday for like a million. Yeah. It's they nuts. Have a, re- a residency there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Layla, they have a sign saying like "Home of Third Man's Rishis." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That I mean, that band can do no wrong to me. It's wild. I mean, yeah, we loved uh, other girls. We had the opportunity to talk with her on the show a bit. Uh, Shoot. She was out here in Los Angeles. I, I got to see her and and talk with Frank and Scarlett, and they're they're wonderful, really great people. Frank's the man. So I, I wanted to before we leave the the third man stuff, I just wanted to touch base uh, on on Warren DeFever. You worked with uh, Warren DeFever a bit on on the record you put out with Third Man, and you know listeners of the podcast will recognize him for producing The Go and Blanche and Saturday Looks Good to Me and Bush Tetris and all sorts of groups. And I was just wondering if you had, if you could elaborate a bit on, on what the relationship was like with Warren. I mean, he recorded your album, right? Warren, I don't know if Warren would say this about me, but Warren is, I think I, me and Warren have a really special relationship. Like, every time I demo anything, whether it's the sound coming out of my ass, I send it to Warren. <laughs> He gives me feedback like almost immediately on anything I send him. His studio is f-ing believable. He he is the best guy. Honestly, like I could not speak highly enough about Warren. Yeah. Did something that I'll never forget. I think the first song we recorded on the album was the Planet song because kind of mm-hmm. they wanted to, like I wanted to like get the group going with something that like we can surely like knock out and have it be like as positive as possible. You know, I'm probably sure everyone kind of wants to start out with something easy. I don't think that was some, like, genius f***ing light bulb that no one ever thought of before. <laughs> so we did the, like, you know, first take or whatever. It was in his – he actually moved recently, but it was in this, like, in his old loft, which was his living space, his studio, and it's just huge and wide open and, like, really nice and awesome. And he had, like, all these snacks laid out on this, like, island kitchen thing. And he's, like – so there's just, like, all these snacks, and he's, like, help yourself to whatever in the fridge. With, like, he's all these, he always has a ton of – beverages and shit yeah so this was so i don't know every time i recorded with i have a lot of good i've had only good experience with like studio people but like at the same time there's always i always like take away that like the studio guy like knows all (laughs) like i always it always kind of rubs me the wrong way even though sometimes i believe they do know all sometimes i've worked with like some really crazy like motherfuckers like the the dude that records liquor store is like a absolute genius i love him but and Warren's really similar to him, but like, but this was the cool thing about Warren. So Warren being equally genius, Warren is like the least pretentious dude ever. Cause so we finished the song, we end it bring, and you know you just kind of sit there and <laughs> ringing to go away because it's not like practice. We actually have to like sit there silent for you know it's kind of sort of kind of sucks in that way. But like, so the second we're done, Warren gets up from his like whatever listening area, and he's like, and he goes, all right. Everyone go get snacks. Craig, come over here. 
everybody next, and we're like, he waits for me to like go there. He's like, not you, idiot. <laughs> and he's like, Friday coming. He's like, not you, come step Craig, come over here. And then he goes, put these on and sit in the. So he gives me his. No, I don't think I put on a headphone at the time. But his monitors, and like anyone's monitors, are facing in a perfect, in a strategic angle for the chair, the main mm-hmm. chair. He goes, sit in this chair, press that button to play it. I'm going to go eat snacks with the rest of it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's, and that's how we mix the record too. When we mix the record, it's like, all right, you sit here, press play. I'm going to go make guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, and then, but while I'm listening to it, I'm writing notes, like whatever, like, I don't know, put this guitar in the left and maybe see if you can raise the snare. So I'd make like whatever, like four notes on a piece of paper. Yeah. Comes back with his mortar and pestle and he goes, all right. Switch, and then he goes and does this. Shit. He goes, "All right, switch back." And he's like, "Is that how you wanted it?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And it gets to the point where he's like, "He's just the best." He's like, "Why am I here? Why don't you know how to control this? You need to learn. Like, you can. Do this. You don't need me here." And it's just like he's the only dude with like such equipment that would talk like that. I feel like, and like I don't know. He's like he's got a lot going on. He doesn't. He's separate from a normal studio guy because most studio guys, if you got the cash, you can record. They'll record right, you. Yeah. Anyone can record with Steve Albini. Anyone. It just costs a lot of money. Not anyone can record with Warren. He doesn't do any project he doesn't want to. And I'm like really lucky that he wanted to do this. Shit. And there's a bunch of songs we recorded like a couple years ago now that like it's just been sitting on. So that's where I'm at right now, which kind of sucks. But like I don't know, Third Man's dealing with a lot with the pandemic and all that. Shit, but I think I'm gonna probably gonna put it out with someone else and just go from there and maybe do something else with third man too like there's no bad blood there i i don't feel any or anything like that but yeah a lot of songs but i do feel like third man kind of like tied me up in a way i I tied myself up too where it's like i was touring so much that i wasn't writing new songs man like band members changing and not changing and coming back and stuff like that just like two steps forward, one steps back a lot of times. But uh, but the band, even for years now, has been playing tons of songs that there's no recordings of. There's, yeah. that, sorry, that there's recordings of, but there's no release of. They're not released yet. So I got like half an album that we did with Warren that's not out there. And, and, I, and I wrote a bunch of new songs during the quarantine, which is probably enough for an album right now. So I'm probably going to go around to my friend Todd's house I was talking about and kind of demo them out and then maybe just be really prepared to go into Warren's and just nail them down. Now yeah. at his house, is the vert ramp still functional? Yes. So you can record and skate. Yes, but I cannot skate, dude. <laughs> I suck so bad at skating. Like, I deluded myself into thinking I could for like a couple weeks and was was <laughs> hurt myself so bad. It was the worst. Uh my brother-in-law is an amazing skater and I can't I can't hold a candle. But uh that I I would love to hear an album of you attempting to skate uh while recording. And also eating his guacamole. I could, I used to live by my friend Todd in a different neighbor, in a na- in neighborhood in Detroit, and I used to borrow his skateboard to like go buy beer, mm. and that's like the biggest accomplishment I've ever had on, on a skateboard. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if I could do that now. Maybe, I could probably do that. Maybe I'm selling myself a little short, but like, dude, I tried to just like curl around the ramp one day. Mm. I like busted my side. I'm like, dude. I'm not going to do this ever again. Like, <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing is the minute you hurt yourself, you really realize whether or not you like the thing. Uh, because I hurt myself real bad and went, oh, no. 
oh no, I don't like this at all. This sucks. It went yeah. home. That's true because skateboarders hit themselves all the time and they get right back on it. Yeah. <laughs> the last, the last, uh, the last question we have here about the album specifically. You sing a lot about your van. How's the van running these days? Man, that van is R.I.P. Oh, oh no. no! I sold it to this rapper named J.P. from the H.P. Who I hung out with last night. We went to Taco Bell at like four in the morning. And um, uh, dude, YouTube JP from the HP. Dude, okay. Favorite. I actually follow his Instagram. He's the best dude ever. You got it. Done. Oh man, <laughs> he's a true unsung genius uh, who is insane. But um, yo, I don't have COVID. I just been smoking bud. It's either that or the cigarettes. They can protect you from beating bugs. Well, that's what I read on the internet. I got a fat unemployment check. The government paid for my microphone. Don't want to return to employment yet. Until I update my entire home. I'm getting down for the f*** of it. With a couple of dudes and a couple chicks. But if we ain't living in love and fighting it, f***ing, then how could this love exist? So I sold my van to him for $700. The van. And since then, for probably for like a few years now, I've had a Chinese Bible church. I'll send you a when I get it. I'll text you a picture of it. Yes, please. Please, yeah. So, knock on wood, that van has been all over the place, uh, both coasts, including the south, and it has never been pulled over. And it says Chinese Bible Church. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do we have, uh, would we have permission to to post that on our socials or? Please, yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I I would love to, to showcase this. And uh, let let people know that uh, let law enforcement know they should be pulling. No, I'm kidding. The looks we get at toll booths, just like Titans, <laughs> <through>, like <laughs> trip so enjoyable. I mean, going through toll booths sucks. It's funny, and you have to stop. Yeah, there's some we get like something out of it when like because Eric, Eric Allen, who used to be in the band, he had like long hair and like a beard and stuff and. Dude, when he would be he'd be driving a lot, and dude, we would like so someone in the backseat would try to take a picture of the get the toll booths person's face like right at the time i'll try to send you that too actually i think i got that the band i'm gonna send you that picture of this guy they look like it's like they look like disgusted but like really confused at the same time like their brain just can't wrap around what the is going on it's like yeah, I bought it off Pastor Chang. What's so hard about that? Now, have you ever, like, <laughs> tried to give a line after, like, peace be with you or something after they give you? <laughs> Good. That's, oh, I'm, I'm jotting these down. I'm giving you guys. I did have, you know, I was in Chinatown, San Francisco one time, and I wanted to buy a bunch of those Raiden hats. Yeah. So we could, like, all be wearing them. Because this was, like, when I early got the van. This was, like, when I first got it, like, three years ago. If we get Raiden hats, we won't ever get pulled over because no one wants to have a language barrier or some redneck-ass cop. Yeah. So, so I was like, let's all wear Raiden hats. He's Raiden, god of lightning and protector of the realm of Earth. I didn't get any because, like, I had to, like, I, I don't know. It seemed like a hassle. They're kind of big, really big, those Raiden hats. I had to get six Raiden hats. Yeah, I've never yeah. put one on, but, uh, you know, I can't imagine it's the, the easiest thing to drive with. I think uh, if you put one of if you were driving around with one of those, it would just send the signal to the cops that they need to get over here. Uh, and that was a long walk. <laughs> At least I'm not the only one delivering the worst jokes. Um, well, that's great. I love that. I know we keep talking about Co. Uh, she lost her van years and years ago. I'm going to now put this on my board of what happened to Co's stolen van. I think somebody stole it, gave it to a church. And now you're driving Comalina's stolen van. Was Ben Blackwell's drum kit in it? 
Whoa, was his drum kit in the stolen van? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, I never even heard that story. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it, wild. And Chico <laughs> got like $10,000 from insurance from it, and she's like, it it shouldn't get this much money. And they're like, no, no, it's worth that. And she's like, okay. <laughs> well, actually, I got that. Someone hit the Chinese van in Memphis, and he had awesome insurance. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was just like traffic jammy shit on the highway. Like, we're, we're actually going to Nashville. We weren't even in Memphis. We weren't playing with us. We were just going from, Memphis, going from like, somewhere farther than that to Nashville. And it was, like, rush hour, so it's, like, gridlock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some dude was probably, like, texting or whatever. And he just, like, cranked the back of the van. And, like, dude, the insurance was, like, they're, like, it's totaled. And I was, like, but I... It's fine. I it's just really bad back and stuff. And I, this panic dude was awesome. He like put it on the machine and like pulled it out slowly on this frame pulling machine. You can pull a frame. I feel like that would break it. This dude Wade could. Dude Wade was ex. <laughs> Wade was a uh, Jack's mechanic too back in the day. When he started working on my van, he was like, "Yeah." He's like, hey, "You're not." He's like, "You're not the only van I used to." He's like, "You're not the only van I used to work on." Because I take it to him before every tour. I was like, "Yo, can you just check it over? Like, even there's nothing wrong with it." Like, yo. He's like, you're not the only band I used to once over. He's like, you know who bring, who brought their van to me? And I was like, who? He goes, White Snake. <laughs> I was like, you the White Stripes? He's like, I think it was White Snake. And he, I was like, they're British. And he's like, it was like a guy and a girl, but they'd have a friend with them always. And I was like, oh, that's the White Stripes. Is there no White Stripes? I know them well. Oh, shit. And he did. He was like, I talked to Jack. I actually talked to Jack about Wade. And he like, <laughs> yeah, I totally knew him. He just had the band name wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but anyways, boring part of the story. That was the fun part. Is like the insurance company like gave me a check that was less than they would have if it was totaled, and I got to keep the van. Wow, oh, wow. The van's been free for like a long ass time. <laughs> that's I mean that's wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's sweet. But actually, when we got to Nashville, we couldn't open the doors. We can't now. It's fully functional now. It's just like dental over the But you know, before Wade put on the frame machine. So when we got to the show in Nashville, we had to, like, load out through the one. It was crazy. Everyone's, like, looking at us like we're insane. Like, what the f*** is <laughs> We tour like that. But, like, these guys insane. Like, I remember, like, because we were late because we got in a car accident. So it's, like, there was people there and stuff. And we looked like idiots. <laughs> oh, my God. White snake. White <laughs> snake. Uh, I would like so- to pitch Pastor Chang and the White Snake as your next <laughs> album title. Wow, that's a great I'm just putting it out there. Again, throwing spaghetti. You can yeah. credit me if you want. A oh, man. Yeah, thank you. Chang and the White Snake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We could do a, some kind of guar thing where you're all in Raiden hats well, and guar costumes. I went to the guar bar in Richmond. It sucked. Yeah. I imagine it was filled with a lot of latex, a lot of, a lot of foam. But honestly, no. I mean, the, the facade of it was incredible but like the bar just sucked man guard so i saw them in austin texas one time you know they play on halloween every single year here that oh, wow. sounds they're that sounds right in detroit they're from but the drummer's actually from here huh like i Wild. guess like a lot of there's like a lot of people i know that like my girlfriend knows him and stuff so like she's been going to see guar like every year for like ever Guar's awesome <laughs> <laughs> well they do something that like i appreciate which is they they took this thing that no one else would do and they like even though everyone said that's dumb and ridiculous and you shouldn't do it and they continued to do it 
and they made something out of themselves by putting on these monster costumes with giant penises. It's great. I love it. They're like juggalos that are good at music. Uh, right. I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. They're the, the, the ICP of the rock set. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, at least they own it. You know, you have to own it. ICP plays here on Halloween every year, too. Fine. Yeah, that also doesn't surprise me. I, <laughs> I, I've gained a little bit more respect for ICP after hearing stories of people who recorded with them, like um, Death the Brotherhood. They're banned for like a third man single. Like Mick, mine Arsh, the single. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't. Around. I've seen him around since I was little. Like, my, oh, a good Perry story. Perry saw Violent J coming out of the Walgreens in our town with full on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> That's there's so studios, good. There's studios in Farmington where I grew up. Oh wow. Yeah. Has any has have you you or anybody you know seen either of them without the makeup? Because I feel yeah. like really I've seen I've seen Violent J a bunch of times without the makeup, and uh, Mike Clark is always around. They're like the guy, the like jillionaire behind psychopathic records. In my head, I feel like he would look a little bit like Guy Fieri or something. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, actually, combine Mike Clark and Violent J, and you get Guy Fieri. That's yeah. Weird. <laughs> but uh, no, Mike Clark's fine. He's actually he's actually really nice. He's just like kind of drunk a lot. But yeah. uh, no, Violet J is really nice. Actually, what's really funny is I was uh, I used to DJ in the Garden Ball. Yeah, are you familiar with Detroit, the Magic State? Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten to know the the different locations fairly well just through talking to a zillion people from Detroit. But yeah, Garden Bowl. Meg used to bartend there, I think. Right. Yeah. So I used to I used to DJ on like Sundays or like well, but mostly I used to DJ there on Sundays with my friend in the bowling alley. Oh yeah. One of their turntables was always broken. So we had like we'd go back and f- we had one channel was like an iPod, one channel was a turntable, and then like channel three was like a computer. It was like and and uh it's just really funny. So I was like, That's isn't that violent J? Like that's gotta be Violent J. And so I typed and I I typed in Violent J without makeup. So <laughs> but like, the back of the computer he can't see. But if only he could see he's like this to this <laughs> like we're looking at violent j in real life without makeup and then like right next to him a computer screen of violent j without makeup <laughs> we were dying our asses off this. But my favorite part about djing at garden ball besides the free beer and pizza and getting paid jack shit, <laughs> we basically got paid in beer and pizza yeah but anyways no the best part about that was on the computer I would put bowling a strike sound on YouTube and I would have it loud as <laughs> louder than and it was loud in there, like louder than the songs we were playing. And I'd be like hitting it <laughs> throughout all the songs, no matter what genre. Cranking it, and no one ever noticed for you doing it. No one ever noticed that thing. I miss doing that. Like that's what I miss the most about doing about DJing there. That's great. that's really good. That's good. <laughs> so I I don't want to take like too much of your time, so we'll go through a little bit of stuff some real quick. I wanted to touch a little bit on Terrible Twos. First of all, the artwork for Horror Vacui is amazing, which I think is Jeff Arcel, right? He he did that cover. Oh yeah. Uh, love love that cover. I don't really have a question there. I just wanted to uh, let you know I I appreciate that artwork. I'll, I'll tell him that. But that that album uh, is great, uh, and a song like Negative Drip really stands out to me. But also, which it kind of feels like a. Um, rock and roll i have a hard time remembering what song is what in that band which is like, <laughs> it's, it's got like a, a spirally whirly synth yeah, yeah, uh, which, yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's what 
it's great. Who, who did most of the songwriting for that album? So the songs I sang, which wasn't near a majority, I wrote those almost in, I wrote those basically the entirety. Oh, wow. The songs Chris sang that were most of the songs, I would say, if they were, say, like two parts, the third part I usually wrote or we all came up with the rest of it at practice. Okay. And then there was the really f***ing crazy songs that Bobcat wrote that were the hardest f***ing songs. <laughs> so beyond us but dude insane at anything like he is so good at key- he's so he's like one of the best keyboard players i've ever seen that has never played keyboard in a band <laughs> and he'd live above me and he'd be playing like a Wurlitzer with a wah pedal and like sounding like stevie wonder like why don't you ever like do that anywhere like you don't even record your own shit. like it's just wild what that guy he plays saxophone as a hobby like well, like, yeah, it was like a, a lot of what's funny is a lot of those songs we would take like so many practices to learn a Bobcat song. Mm-hmm. We get it down, we'd be like, "This is so sweet. How can how are we actually doing this right now?" You know, because like you have to practice so hard, like do it right, and you do it right, and you're like, "Yeah." And then we played it like a few shows, and then we would be like, "Let's not play that song anymore. It's too hard." <laughs> Unfortunately, like last not that long, most of them. But I still think the the best songs were written by Bobcat. Like Chris, Chris wrote the words. Chris wrote all the. I think I don't think I ever sang a Bobcat song. Mm-hmm. I never did. Chris, Chris, Bobcat never sang. So Chris would sing Bobcat songs. Bobcat would write. He would just like write these plethora of riffs and be like, "When is this? Where does that thing start and end? That like, what is going on here?" And then like, but finally you would get it and you'd like make a part to it and be like, "This is how is this is like blowing in the craziest way." But like, I would say, like, not to call us the Beatles because we're obviously not, but like, <laughs> in a Harrison, Bobcat was for sure George Harrison. Okay. Also, like, and also his guitar playing was just like super unique for like fast punk music. Like, yeah. Just yeah. because the keyboards was like Bobcat's guitar. Chris is too. Chris, Chris plays guitar. Like, Chris doesn't know the name of any chord and he can like, tread harder than most people that know every chord <laughs> i i was watching some of your live cuts last night and you guys are like on top of your game like the music the musicianship in that band is so good and the drumming especially is like amazing and everything is just like it 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 hits all the right notes for me it's got that like sludgy kind of punk which i really really enjoy uh i don't know now, why i chose perry to, to join this band and play slow it's <laughs> <laughs> been a speed demon since sixth grade it's so good it's so He's good good at slow but it's funny how it's so crazy how like that guy learning slow was really funny to like kind of see because he like i mean he sped up liquor store songs like way too hard like bill plays way slower than 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 perry and liquor store and it's just like slow down <laughs> but like yeah perry's well the cool thing the funny thing about perry is if terrible twos had to practice today tomorrow which we haven't practiced in years. Mm-hmm. 
Harry and Chris will know every song. We have like muscle memory for that band. It's crazy. And me and Bobcat, they'll be like, let's play this song. And Perry will be like, one, two, three, four. And it will be Jeff Arcel still plugging in his keyboard. It'll be Chris and Perry playing the song perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Bobcat just making feedback, staring at each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobcat's coming up with a new composition in his head, it seems. He's coming yeah. up with... <laughs> With all of these parts, he he sounds like a combo of McCartney and Harrison. He's coming up with these compos like these orchestras. Yeah, but you can't remember. Uh, and the the song "Michael Stipe is My Gay Dad" is the best title of all time. And uh, I just wanted to know where do you stand on REM and how often does he take you to the park for a game of catch? Uh, all the all the time and all the time, and and he's a great gay dad. All right, I'm so glad, so glad to hear that. Do you want to know something about that song? Yes, please. I don't know if I've ever disclosed. Besides everyone in Terrible 2 is knowing and making fun of me for it. That song is the same lyrics as Glad You Came on my album. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> There's, there's the, uh, you heard it here first, folks. What um, a publishing nightmare we've ended on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll send my 63, I'll make sure to send my next 63 cents to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we want to do a quick lightning round real quick? Yeah, yeah. I love it. All right. Um, First lightning round question. You're on a record store day crawl. What section of the store are you sprinting toward first at each respective location? I would just go to the used country section because it's what I always go to. Used country okay. section. All right. Okay. I got to know. I would probably be like, why is the line so long? <laughs> <laughs> I got to know. You've, you've said your affinity for Conway Twitty. If you saw an album, which, which would be a must-have pull for there? Probably some Tom T. Hall album. I don't have. I grab it. Or I also go. I also always go to every record store I walk in. I go to Thin Lizzy and see if there's a record they don't. Have. There you go. So next question. Uh, you were on a Detroit episode of Drunk History. Why do I love Detroit? Because it's lawless, and you and and, and you know it may be come around to bite your ass in the ass because your window got broken out and that sucks and it does and you go through some hard times, but the lawlessness is great. It's off the chain. It's gonna be amazing. I love Michigan. Michigan, that's what's up. Everyone in Detroit, Judas Priest is better than Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden is I'm going to name two bands, and you're going to tell me who tops who. Okay. Okay. R.E.M. versus MC5. MC5. Iggy Pop versus Tom Petty. Petty. White Snake versus White Stripes. White Stripes. I think Pastor Chang wins that one. And our last one here, Edgar Winter versus Edgar from the Men in Black movie. Is that Tommy Lee Jones? He's the cockroach man. He's the big cockroach. Who do you think would win in a fight? The vampiric Edgar Winter or a giant cockroach? 
Probably the giant cockroach because Edgar Winter's so frail now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really but is. But maybe Edgar Winter, but if it was a comic strip, Edgar Winter wouldn't because he would like zap him with his keytar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he does hold the power of Frankenstein. He, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. So, yeah. yeah, he would definitely, he would win. And maybe in, in real life, the not real guy would win. But in fake life, the real guy would win. <laughs> uh, which Winter brother do you think would win, though? <laughs> Oh, Johnny, baby. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny's taking him out. I saw that guy at the Taylor Blues Fest. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's awesome. He was sick. He played like this guitar, like laying flat on his lap with his hand like upside down, his hand like over top of the neck. Wow. Like he played wow. a guitar like a pedal steel and was like shredding hard as f- And he was like albino and blind and like... <laughs> it was f- awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, that guitar shorty who said he taught Jimi Hendrix everything. He was doing backflips and he was like seven years old with a Jerry Curl. <laughs> I'm That's telling true. you the truth that all of that is true. I know. We saw Edgar Winter playing with old, old man Ringo himself, so that was that was the last Winter Brother we saw. He played at L Club where I work at, but I didn't work that day, and I heard they couldn't like give away tickets. Oh no! I heard it was pretty empty. I think because they were charging like forty bucks. It's like, dude, you have one song. I mean, I guess you know they could have tried to come on and take a free ride. Yeah, that oh, one's two songs. He's two songs. Yeah. Dude, gun to my head, I would not say free riders by Edgar Winter. I yeah. Edgar Fog hat like an idiot, but that's slow. <laughs> <laughs> eh, around the same time. I saw yeah. them once. They were awful. They played slow <laughs> like twenty five minutes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a short set. <laughs> no, it was a long set. That was just the last song. <laughs> Did they just discover weed? <laughs> they just discovered weed. <laughs> oh, they were trash. Our last lightning round question here. We ask this of all our Detroiters. Uh, what's the best diner in Detroit, and what are you ordering there? Man, I'm a shout out to Detroit One, Coney Island. That's that's mm. the 24 hours. It's not like jacked up like oh, a lot of people say Dooley's, right? How many people say Dooley's? I bet everyone says Dooley's. We've heard Lafayette a oh, lot. Heard, yeah, Lafayette's Coney Island. It's next door to American. Like so, so Pat's and Gino's is ours. Lafayette and American. Exactly. Uh, okay. Nothing different about it. Just, I don't think either one is racist. Like, Geno's is racist. <laughs> yeah, they're awful. Uh, the thing about Pat's and Geno's is that most Philadelphians don't go there for steaks. Man, I actually was, I was like obsessed with Coney's back in the day. So, I, Lafayette is better experience. It's fast and crazy. Like, they bring your food out like before you can finish your sentence. It's, mm. And they put all the hot dogs on their, all the Coney's on, along their arm. Like, the guy carries like plates and plates. Crazy. Wow. And American's kind of, like, not like that and, like, lame. Mm. But American has a better dog. At least they're not racist. Like, <laughs> It's true, though. Well, yeah. Detroit One is awesome. They have everything there. I would say I would, get a, I would get a chicken euro and cheese fries. That's what I would get. Okay. Perfect. Good to know. You'll see some crazy shit going on in there. <laughs> I saw a dude – I saw the cook or one of the cooks chase a dude out with a frying pan. Out the yes. front door. <laughs> yes, good, good. More of this. I like that. You'll always see in there. It's great. Thank you, Craig, so much for being on. Is there anything upcoming that you'd like to uh, to plug here? Yeah, I'm just going to be plugging, plugging, plugging. Yeah, pl- plug away. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. It's fine. Uh, oh, man, uh, if I think of something, let you know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work on another album. Bear with me. I know it's. I know I haven't had a release in a while, so I feel kind of about that, but... I've been I've been writing stuff and uh, I got some there's some new shit on the Bandcamp actually if anyone wants to check out that I've recorded over quarantine and stuff like that yeah that's kind of awesome. like sort of demo versions but like I 
I did a lot of instrumentation, like full on home recordings, more or less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like, uh, yeah. So I'm just trying to, you know, get some more out there and record some stuff. No, <laughs> that was awesome. It's awesome. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, this yes. is a, it was great, really great meeting. I I love your music, and you know we really appreciate the time and uh, the stories were incredible. So thank you very much. Thanks, and I hope to see you out in LA. And where the hell where the hell's Allentown? Am I gonna go there? Uh, you probably won't see me unless you're working in a steel mill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you work in a steel mill? No, 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 no. I'm an artist. Uh, but uh, there's Allentown's known for its its steel. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come play this town, we'll do it. I'll be there. I'll. Be <laughs> That's every time. Yeah. Oh, great. You know what? I'll plug. I'm going to go down to Atlanta. Jonah Swilly asked me to come down there. He, I just got a record in the mail. I think it's called Sugar Records. You know Mateel Brown? Yeah. So he's like her producer. They like co-write everything, I believe. I might be a little Mm -hmm. correct about that. But I'm going to, he has, he just hit me up and I'm going to go down to like their studio and maybe like, I don't know, do some maybe like, in studio like video or like cut a track or something with him so i think nice i'm gonna go down there in october so pretty soon so yeah he's like he's an awesome dude he reached out to me i've known his brother for a real long time uh jared from the black lets his brother oh yeah oh, wow. i never knew he had a brother like i know them completely separately like i just met jonah and i've known jared since <laughs> i was like 20 yeah Strange, but like jonah i don't know he he hit me up so i'm gonna go down there and f- around with him i really i really like the stuff he does and that mateel brown is f-ing amazing yeah yeah and we got the same well, name, so she's like my cousin, maybe. Be <laughs> <laughs> my cousin, actually. You kind of look like my cousin. It's a good conversation opener. Hey, you look like my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> you have to shout it too. You yeah. have to shout it specifically. When shows open again? Yeah, yeah, I hope shows open again. So, man, do what you can to do that. Hopefully, man, people wear their fucking quarantine and off for a minute so we can do this shit again because it's I know. one up man yeah 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 good to end it on an uplifting note <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope let's hope that ends soon and uh, when we do um yeah let's go to a show enjoy we'll it. hang out yeah yeah we'll go to a show together that's what we'll plan on that yeah no <laughs> me, me and you craig we'll go we'll go down to a steel mill see a show it'll be great i'm down oh how, how's the garden i gotta i gotta end it on that oh yeah oh dude hold on <laughs> All right, look, boys. <laughs> Made this hot sauce today. Hey. Wow. Nice. All garden, dude. Yeah. All from the garden. It's I... hot as fuck. It's made out of these boys. Habaneros. Scotch bonnets? Habaneros? It's like a... Oh, habaneros. Yeah. And I got these. These are jalapenos, but they're not growing that big. Do you see them? Yeah. My, my... podcast doesn't really hear what my hot sauce bottle looks like. Oh, this it's... is a bottle of bright <laughs> from habaneros, uh, red chili, Thai chilies from the garden. Then I boiled them in the water that cooked down. Did you I... like like choke on that shit? Because I did that like two days ago, and I was coughing up so much. My house was filled with this pepper spray, basically. Yo, I got the secret. You want to know the secret? I would love to know the secret. <laughs> I got a barbecue with a side burner. I do what else? I literally just got rid of my barbecue with a side burner because it was rusting out every other part except the side burner, which we never <laughs> used. <laughs> good for you, but you ever tried deep frying in your house and you're like, man, that food was good, but never again because yeah, no, it sucks. Fucking, it smells like a checkers for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I'd be deep frying some shit outside now, like on a, in a wok, dude. Just like fry some wings up, and it's great because the house, that's oh. the purchase of the summer. I got this nice grill with a side burner, but dude, yeah, I make the sauce outside, and it's yeah, it doesn't burn. It's the best because yeah. Okay, I will say instead of a show, if if this is still going on, uh, we will have a a hot sauce taste test because I just made a shit ton of it uh, from my garden. I got the it's a cayenne habanero. Uh, scotch bonnet mix with a little bit of jalapeno in there. Wow. And some, and some garlic. Garlic. Good stuff. Uh, I want to taste that. Uh, so we'll have a taste test. It'll be great. Wow. Yeah, mine's got vinegar, the water it cooked down in, salt, and and lemon. Lemon juice. Yeah. Ooh. I was going to use lime, but I didn't have any. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, lemon works just as good. You know, my, uh, anyway. So my friend from Mexico is living with me right now, and uh, he does the, lemon and lime, absolutely no difference to him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what? It's a yellow one. It's a green one. Well, the word in Spanish is limon for yeah. both. It's limon so, Yeah, it's there's no difference. And so when I was trying to like, my wife's Hispanic, so when we were we were trying to come up with like this recipe, like said limon, and we're like, what? What is the ingredient? Are they? What do they mean? Yeah, <laughs> lemon. Do they mean lime? The taste is very different to me. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't care. It's like no same. Yeah. All right, Craig. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, everybody, try his hot sauce. It's great. Uh, <laughs> you'll see it on store shelf soon. It's called Craig's Brown Sauce. <laughs> so hot like sauce, but red hot. Yeah, yeah. I made brown green hot. Nice. See ya. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Craig. Bye. Peace. That was great. Oh, that was fun. It's a fun it's one. We love you, Craig Brown. Please come back on our show anytime uh, to discuss hot sauce. Really you want to come on and talk pogs? Pogs, hot sauce, different other vans. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You don't own. Just anyway, all that's to say is I, I wanted to talk about so much more with you, Craig. And uh, so come, please come back on. Talk about stuff. Yes. Thank you, Craig. And we'd also like to thank our Patreon patrons for helping to support the show, helping keep the lights on. Mm. We have, well, I'm going to go in reverse order here. Our newest one, which we dubbed Steady Ashley Goes, Ashley Forbes. That's a very good one, James. You really you really slam dunked that thank you. particular name. The uh, We'd also like to thank Shane Ben Jamson, or the Shane boy you've always known. Melinda Endress, you look pretty in your fancy Endress. Elizabeth Myers, rolling in on Alberting Myers. The Brett 3 killed my Garski. Yvette Wilkins on Sunshine. Brenda, we want to be the boys to warm your angle heart. Kate McCoy, the bones of the operation. Stu Cat, Stu Driver. We have Julie Hickling, the $3 hat. Make Melinda Taylord, send me an angel down. Ja Shaken, or Joe Shaken all over. Luke Sinclair, look me over closely. Tam Davis, our third person. Spirit every week. Michael Brookfield of the Bone. Brookfield and Derek Forever. Harkison. Thank you, everyone. And if you'd like to become a patron... There's an ad at the end of the show that will direct you to the appropriate location to execute your plan. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, to interact with us, though, in any way, shape, or form, and, and not give us any money. No, if you'd like to interact with us in any way, uh, you can do so a number of ways. You can find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can tweet at us. That's at thirdmencast on Twitter. You can tumble on down with us. Uh, you know, we, we occasionally will update that. Why not? Who cares? Thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. You can find us on our fancy schmancy website. That's thirdmenpodcast.com. You I can. love that. That's another tagline. Why not? Who cares? The Third Men Podcast. <laughs>
You can email us if you have any listener questions or corrections or opinions or just want to tell us uh, how much you like, I don't know, whatever. Pogs, let's do that. Tell us about just the hot sauce us. you made. Why don't yeah, you? Yeah, why not? If Do you have a green hot sauce? What are you hiding? Hot sauce. What, what other kinds of sauces? Do you have mild? Maybe picante? A pleasant sriracha? Oh, perhaps. And you can do that a number of ways, but you could also email it to us at our Gmail. That's thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Please, hot sauce posts only. Mm-hmm. Now, you could also find us on Instagram at thirdman underscore podcast, where Paul posts a bunch of pictures relating to the content of this very show. And you'll probably see a picture of me and Mr. Craig Brown himself at the Third Man 10-year anniversary, where I had the chance to meet him. You could, if you don't want to uh, become a Patreon patron and, and do a monthly subscription, you can still help out by buying some merch, which uh, which will help us out a great deal. You can go to our merch website. That's bit.ly slash thirdmenmerch. Again, bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash thirdmenmerch, all one word. I don't know why people say that with websites. Everybody at this point knows it has to be one word. If you put a space in there, you're some kind of... Jedi. You can also find our show on Acast. I love them. They uh, they overtook Pippa. They really order sixty six to Pippa and became the Empire. I love Acast so much. You can find us on there. You can find us also on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash C slash the Third Men Podcast, where I do some visualizers and animations occasionally. And I say occasionally because I don't think I've updated it in a year, but you can still find some cool older ones there. You can rate, review, and subscribe. Please do so. Give us a five-star subscription. Subscription? <laughs> Please give me a five-star subscription to Disney Adventures. Uh, I would love nothing more than if you could give us a five-star rating, and you could do so by going to rateus.thirdmenpodcast.com, and you can please give us a, a, a review for whatever, but give us a review for the Doughboys, and I'll mail you a picture of Third Men Podcast-related things as a Doughboys logo, and I, I will mail it uh, with my bare hands to you. Jake. Maybe that sounds bad in the age of coronavirus, but I will mail it. I will physically mail it to your house. Yep, James will James will come <laughs> to your house. You can send us listener questions as well, if you'd like. Yeah. And we'd like to thank Sam Kubert and Tom Valenti for the help in the recording of our theme song, We're the Third Man, as well as Susanna Rountree for the lovely intros and outros of our program. And James, mm. until next episode, I will yes. be looking for a home underneath a van and i will be looking for a home in a toll booth so i can spy craig brown's van coming by see you next time for more information or to contact the show visit the thirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com also visit at thirdmencast on twitter and search the third men on facebook see you next time And then there's. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, like I was gonna say. What's the name of the podcast? Uh, the Third Men. The Third Men. Yes. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah I can't wait to check out some past episodes and stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry, and uh, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's-
and it doesn't cost. Uh, I'm not supposed to say anything, but and it doesn't <laughs> as much money. I, I'm just not supposed to. He's not gonna know. And it doesn't <laughs> cost. It doesn't cost like. <laughs> uh, you're you're talking to somebody who drank almost an entire bottle of Pinnacle Whipped in a in an awful hazy college day. Uh, I stumbled home into a playground in Philadelphia, going, "What is going on?" On the phone with my wife, like like a like a wasted Arnold Palmer. Yeah, yeah uh, John Daly. Well, I mean, Arnold Palmer is gone. So, is this live on the podcast right now, or is it recording? Oh yeah. Early record, baby. <laughs> Dave Hewitt. A kisser of men. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I called him when I first met him when I was like 16, and he's still still referring himself to that. He's like, Greg called me the kisser of men when we first met. I think he's just kiss him on the lips. James, James, James did kiss, kiss him right on the mouth, though, so that, that just immediately. It's chaos. Babysitting tissues. He's choking on tissues. Execute order 66. Yeah. Just, if you donate that's, that's the, to our Patreon, to we will murder a Jedi. For every donor we get, one Jedi will die. We are against the killing of younglings, however. Um, Dave Buick, the kisser of men? The kisser of men, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you could also, I if you don't want to become... has also murdered a Jedi. Uh, yeah. I believe that makes him a Sith. Let's go back to our song. Hey everybody, Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on. It can be as much or as little as you can swing, and all donations are greatly appreciated. The last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash, so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough, but if you would like to help us out, that would be amazing. All right, that's all from me. Remember, you can head to patreon.com slash thirdmenpodcast, and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already. All right, everybody, I'll see you on the show. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show.
<laughs> Don't move. We're, We're watching. watching you. Our vision's based on movement. Based on movement. Why what not? What was the other one? There was, there was one another more. one. Who can remember? I don't remember. Who can remember? Third. Who can remember the third Finn <laughs> podcast? <laughs> we were born in the darkness. Who can remember? <laughs> Why not? Our vision's based on movement. <laughs>